Hello and welcome to mini episode 218 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have four spooky stories for you and the last story comes from October the 12th, 2022. And story number one comes from Alison. My mum and dad divorced when I was about five. My brother and I stayed with my dad and my mum moved to live with her new man in Birmingham. We used to spend weekends with our mum who, along with her new husband, had various different businesses on the go. When I was around 13, they decided to move offices. They had an office in an old building off St. Paul's Square in the jewellery quarter. This is a historic part of the city, and we were told that this building had once been a women's prison. I've done a bit of research recently and found out that that's actually nonsense, but there's no doubt the place had age and certainly some stories. It was one of those places that rented office space out, so there were always people coming and going and rumours of it being haunted had been passed around. I'm sure my mum had no qualms about passing these on to her impressionable teenage daughter. She and I don't talk anymore. She'd roped us all in to help move. There were lifts which I hated, I was scared of lifts, as well as stairs and a small kitchenette which was off a lobby or a landing. I'd been moving dusty files so I stopped to wash my hands in the kitchen. I had my eyes on the sink but when I turned the tap, the water shot out at full force, soaking my front and splashing my face. You know how that happens. Normally you walk out of the bathroom looking like you wet yourself. It's not a good look. I turned my face to the kitchen door, blinking to clear the water from my eyes and wiping my face. And I saw legs walking into the office. Not a whole person, just their legs as they walked through the office door from the lobby area. I thought I was last out, so I wandered into the office to check. There was no one else there. I scarpered down the stairs to meet everyone else downstairs. I told them what I'd seen. They just took the mickey. I learned to keep quiet about stuff like that. Well, let me tell you, Alison, here in in our world, you are listened to and you are believed. And while obviously the building, as you researched afterwards, wasn't a women's prison, you know, you said it was old and it had history... I wonder if previously it had a much different layout, like it was at different levels or different heights or it you know, was just set up differently and therefore that's why you only saw a pair of legs. Because in a previous world, a wall would have been there or a ceiling would have been lower or the floor would have been higher, if that makes sense. And that ghost is still walking that same path rather than the new path that has been forged by new buildings. And also for context for listeners outside of the UK, to take the mickey out of somebody is to take the piss out of them or make fun of them, right? And it's a very UK thing to say, to take, take the mickey or take the mick. I, I, when I first moved over to England, people say take the mickey all the time. Uh, mickey in Ireland is a slang term for a penis. So, you know, I've always struggled with that phrase and there's a little bit of education for you on how different words can have different meanings in different places. And story number two comes from Anna. Years ago, I helped out at the local riding stables at the weekends and during the school holidays when I was around 10 and 11. I had heard the place was haunted by horses that had died over the years, but I thought it was just something they said to scare the younger helpers. It was a summer Sunday evening and I was helping lock up with an older girl. The girl and I were chatting in our shed, a place where we kept our packed lunches and riding hats, taking our time before closing the gates to the yard when we heard a clattering of hooves. It sounded like several horses had gotten out and were galloping down the yard towards the car park. We shot out of the shed to see three big horses thunder past us across the car park and into the bottom field. 
There was dust kicked up and everything. The only thing was the field gate was closed and the horses vanished into thin air. My second story is a very different one. When I first met my then fiancé stepdad, I got a very weird vibe. From some of the things I saw him do to the young children when it was just me around, I could see that he was just nasty. He'd clap or laugh obnoxiously loud out of nowhere and take joy in startling the baby awake. Or he would be spiteful and rude without the rest of the family around. When he died, I felt odd because I couldn't be sad for such a mean old man. But the night of his passing, I noticed something in a dark corner of my room. Not a spirit, but like a dark ball of energy. It wasn't very big, so I just ignored it. But it was there the next night, slightly bigger. This dark, twisting mass of energy gradually grew bigger over a few days. Then, I noticed one night it was closer than before. Not by much, but definitely closer. The next night, again, it was closer. It got to the end of my bed and was really starting to scare me. But for the next week leading up to the stepfather's funeral, it came closer and closer, getting bigger each time. I told whatever it was to leave me alone several times, but it was always there, closer and bigger than before. The day of the funeral came, and I just had this feeling that this well-loved man was actually pretty horrible, like he had done some bad things in life and only my future husband and I knew it. That night, the mass of dark, swirling energy was in my face. I could make out contorted facial features. It was very oppressive and scared the living shit out of me. After screaming, just leave me the fuck alone, shoved my face into my partner's arm and kept the light on all night. And the next night it was gone. We talk about animals coming back all the time. Like dogs and cats in particular that come back to kind of make themselves known to their owners or you hear the, the like the pitter patter of their feet, whatever it is. So I don't see any reason why horses wouldn't be the same. As far as I'm aware with horses, they're like intelligent, empathetic creatures. So why would they not have the ability to come back? And I think if you're going to see an apparition, that's a pretty majestic one to see, you know, three horses galloping through a stables and into a field. I wouldn't say no to that apparition. It feels less Gates of Hell and more kind of Lord of the Rings vibes. I'm into it. I think in life as well, we have this habit of romanticizing people after they've died. And I hate the phrase, can we normalise, but can we normalise even when somebody's died, just kind of going, yeah, they weren't a very nice person. I don't have to be sad over everybody that dies ever. Like sometimes somebody can die and you can feel indifferent to it because maybe they weren't very nice to you in real life. Or maybe they just weren't very nice, weren't a very nice person in general. That's not me saying that I wish death on people, but sometimes people are just dickheads. And maybe because you and your fiancé were the people who sort of saw him for what he was, maybe that's why he appeared in that form of like a black swirling cloud of negativity. It seems fitting considering the type of person that he was in life. And story number three comes from Juliet. I began listening to your podcast last week on the way to see my sister in LA. And as I was listening, I began to wonder about my younger years. As a child in Buffalo, New York, I was constantly scared. Scared of the dark, scared of going to bed, scared of going down long hallways, always waking up at night. I had to ask my mom many years ago about why we moved out of my childhood home. And she plainly said, because it was haunted, you and your sister would wake up to your music box playing and neither one of you could reach it. And your father and I wouldn't wind it up. So because of a lack of sleep for all of us, we decided to choose a new neighborhood and a fresh home. 
I had so many questions back then, including, why didn't you just remove the music box? She skimmed over the fact that other things were happening and a priest came over to advise us. I oddly shuffled this away into the back of my brain until your podcast. But I don't remember seeing anything. However, in the new house, I remember constantly feeling that sensation of someone watching me sleep or following me or a cold breeze here and there. There was one time I remember a third person perspective of myself almost in a trance getting up from my bed and walking through my doorway and standing at the end of the hallway, waiting there, and then almost a giant push of air chasing me down the long hallway to my parents' bedroom and right next to my mom's bedside. When I woke her up, she was terrified and shouted out. It woke up my dad and we all went back to bed. It's the fastest I've ever felt myself move. To this day, I remember the feeling and it felt faster than running. After that, I was too afraid to wake my mom, so I started to always just go into my sister's room and sleep with her, which became very frequent. To put this into perspective, the first house was when I was 0 to 6 years old, the second 6 to 11 years old. I am now 32 and have been living in California since 2000. I went out to the garage today to decorate for Halloween. I opened a bin that I thought was decor, and it was the music box. I had thought about it for the first time in 20 plus years, right there with other memorabilia. I ran inside to tell my fiancé and he agreed it was very strange. So I thought it would be fun to share with you how the universe aligns things, such as an object and a memory that I had while driving that hadn't been spoken about in decades. I love it when the universe aligns and just gives you a little dig to say, hi yeah, I am listening. I'm hearing your thoughts. I remember this music box that terrified you when you were a child. Yeah, that still exists. It's still here. I'd love to know what the full story was about that first house, because obviously there was more to it. If it was just the music box, you'd be like, like you said, you'd just get rid of the music box. But must have been other things that were happening in the house that they had to get a priest to come and advise. And it must have been pretty significant if the answer was, you know what, we'll just move. We'll just move house altogether. And then obviously you moved house and then you constantly have those sensations of being watched or being followed or a cold breeze here and there. And I get why you didn't wake your mom because obviously you woke her after feeling that feeling of being chased down the hallway by a, a, by a cold breeze. But then your mom must have been thinking, oh my God, we're not doing this again. We're not doing this haunted house shit again. No way. And I think if I was a mom in that situation, I'd just be like, you know what? Get haunted for all I care. We're not doing this again. Sorry, we've moved house. Be haunted. Get possessed. It's not my problem. And story number four comes from Rachel. Back in 2011, me and my fiancé were living in a new build flat in Bracknell. We are the type of couple that enjoy spending our evenings binge-watching Netflix programmes such as Unsolved Mysteries, Meet, Marry, Murder, When Missing Turns to Murder, that kind of thing. So one evening we had settled down to an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. For context, our flat's layout was open plan. Then we had one hallway that led off to a bathroom one side, two bedrooms on the other and a store cupboard at the end, then round to the front door. This particular story we were watching was when the police have help from psychic mediums. During the programme it got me to thinking about mediums and people who have been lost. I turned to Mike and I said, if you could contact anyone via a medium, have you got anyone you would like to communicate with? Fortunately for Mike, he has only ever lost one person in his life, his great nan, but he wasn't particularly close to her, 
nor has he any memories of her that would be a topic of discussion. So he said she's the only one he's really lost, so he couldn't really answer it. Then he turned to me and I said straight away, obviously mine would be my granddad. I'd want to speak to granddad, which he knew would be my answer. This is the same granddad that I mentioned in my last story that you read out in mini-episode number 175, The Boy in the Doorway. Hardly any time passed. We'd turned back to the TV. Mike looks towards his phone, which is on the armrest of the sofa, and it had lit up with a notification. He then said, What was your granddad's name? And I told him it was John Wadsworth. And Mike said, But that wasn't his real name though, was it? And I told him that no, it was Owen. Why? With this, Mike handed me the phone. On the lock screen of Mike's phone was a LinkedIn notification that said, Owen Wadsworth wants to connect with you. While I was looking at this, the exact same notification popped up again. I felt very spooked and couldn't quite believe it. I didn't know what to say. So I just thought that's very strange, isn't it? And Mike, ever the sceptic, looked genuinely spooked and said, what are the chances? What a coincidence. I wondered if it was a sign. And Mike said, I'm not being funny, but I think if your granddad was around, he wouldn't be wasting his time here. And with that, boom, there was a big crash thud down the hallway, sending us both into midair. A few swear words were said and I burst into tears. I said in a tearful, panicked, scared voice, a little cross too. Well, that was clever, Mike. Now you've pissed him off. Mike looking down the hallway, but not lifting his arse off the sofa, because he was definitely a little spooked too said that he didn't mean it like that. I meant surely he'd be with your nan or your mum. And I was still crying in the corner, to be honest. I demanded that Mike go and check because I was not moving, and off he trotted down the hallway with the lights on full brightness. There was nothing. Nothing that could be seen that would have made such a crash. No picture frame fallen, nothing smashed, everything stood on the shelves. He opened the hallway cupboard up and the Hoover stick that was well balanced against the wall in there had fallen across the cupboard. Yet it had been in there for at least two days like that and hadn't fallen or moved. It could have been anything. It could have been that I had put something in there and knocked the Hoover stick which later had fallen. But what timing? It's fair to say that I deleted my LinkedIn account. Oh listen Rachel, what are the odds? What are the odds that at that moment where you said... I'd like to contact my granddad. That a LinkedIn notification of your granddad's name comes through to say Owen Wadsworth wants to connect with you. Like I know there's obviously going to be more people of that name. Of course I am very aware of that. I'm not saying your granddad is the only person that has ever had that name. It's incredibly odd that that LinkedIn notification would come through at exactly that moment. Exactly the same name as your granddad while you were having that conversation. And then... When Mike says, oh, no, 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 like, it's what would he be doing around here? Don't be silly, kind of. Then there's a big crash in the cupboard. The crash I'd be more inclined to put down to kind of just a creepy coincidence. But the crash coupled with the LinkedIn notification? Fuck off. That is weird, man. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Alison, Anna, Juliet and Rachel for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from the 12th of October 2022. If you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. 
You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for extra content, you can sign up to Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. 